Hello, universe. I, uh, I'm coming at you on the 8th. It's the 8th, right? Please be the 8th. Yeah, it's the 8th of January. Sunday the 8th. It's 10.41. Sorry about the clickety-clack. Phone's in position. Uh, we got 92% battery, so we're good on that. And checking the resources and the depth therein comes from having just listened to episodes 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. And I was just going to do 8. And then I did 8 and 9 because 8 was only 5 minutes long. And once I done 8 and 9, well, the thing is, I kind of have plans tomorrow and Wednesday that are going to make recording a little challenging. Wednesday being the 11th, even the 12th is going to be a little bit uh, of a catch-up day, which means if I force a recording, I'll feel bad about that. So, I thought, what the fuck? I'll just go through numbers 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 tonight, and then, if through these next three days of uh, planned and random interactions prove uh, recording worthy, well, bonus. I'll just have more to more to offer. And I don't want to spend this year reviewing last year at all. But I know that I haven't gone back to listen to the initial 53 especially since nine months ago. And it's important for me to know at this point and evaluate in some degree how much change has occurred year over year. And that's the exercise this is. The truth of the matter is that when I started recording, I wasn't distributing the podcast daily or when I made the recordings, I was banking a bunch. So I had like 50 or something when I finally uh, put them all out on RSS.com. And, but I know what date I made the podcast because I have the dates as part of the naming structure. So in doing so, even doing through the 12th episode, that just catches me up on all the episodes I had done through the 8th. I had done 12 episodes by the 8th. Because all I was doing was hitting the record button, recording, and then hitting stop. And then going to work, then coming home, hitting the record. I wasn't doing any distribution, nothing. And frankly, it takes 20 to 30 minutes to get one of these loaded up. So, <clears throat> with all that in mind, and I mean, because you have to write a description, you have to write that. You know, there's just stuff you have to do. And... With all that in mind, when I did finally load them all up, it was arduous to do all at once the number I had, but that means that uh, it wasn't a process of putting them up on a daily routine. No. I had 53 episodes done by the 1st of February. Um, and I don't know that I want to re review 53 episodes here in January. Maybe I should. And maybe that should be the end of the reviews because that means I'll just spend January doing a bit of year-over-year -year analysis, and then work off through the next year after that. Occasionally look back on some of the things I had to say, but like I said, I don't want to spend the year going year-over-year -year analysis. And doing the first 53 plus some pointed episodes from there on in would be at least a fair survey of what I was trying to get started versus what I think I'm accomplishing. With all that said, <clears throat> I have done these reviews, so we're going to certainly go through these. Um, now, a little bit of preview. Uh, I have found a soulmate for the first time in 
what? Hmm. I guess 15 years. <laughs> yeah. So that's exciting. Um, and I have also, um, I have also been seeing the cyclical rhythm of my energy winding back in all kinds of good color. It's just been the palette with which my universe is being painted right now is exactly what appeals to me. I am so perfectly centered with the reception of influence plus the uh, outward reach of my own influence. It's just, it's as if I'm in a, in a sensory deprivation tank floating in space without any need to worry about the next input because there isn't any. I'm just me. The input is swirling around me, perfectly composed to keep me stable, balanced, and tranquil. And I don't know why. I've never had this kind of life. I am so content with where I'm at. And what's going to happen this week is going to be so... Uh, I may have one of the best weeks of my life this week. And I can't be more excited. And yet I also am aware just how lucky I am that the universe and I are getting along to enable myself to be in this position. I'm just really grateful. I have really fulfilling moments in my life right now. I can't ask for more. So, <clears throat> why don't I belabor your life with a whole bunch of review shit from stuff that if you really cared about, you'd go listen to yourself. But since I tell you not to listen to any of this shit, in fact, why are you listening right now? Shut this off. Um, I mean, let's just get through this, get it over with, and then, you know, I'll go take a shower and jerk off and go back to work tomorrow and think about other stuff. Uh, where did I put my notebook, though? I mean, literally, I just had it. I just, this is impossible. I can't have, oh, it fell on the floor. Okay, there it is. All right, that wasn't actually impossible. That was, in fact, quite possible. But since we're dealing with the quite possible, I think it's quite possible. I need another bong hit. Possible. Okay, and while I'm getting that ready, did I sound weepy when I first got on? Because I had just been bawling. I listened to my mom episode, which is episode 12, and uh, that one will make me cry for the rest of my life every time I listen to it. Uh, just letting you know. So, uh, I'm not crying now. I'm not saying I won't cry later, but I'm not crying now. Instead, I'm bong hitting. Okay, and what what is it that energetically is reverberating back with such uh, satisfaction? Well, it's the people all around me. And, and at work, particularly, where there are probably 15 of them, but all around me, I'm just, I'm awash in simulated happiness for John. Or whatever, the, the universe that's currently being simulated for John is exactly the universe John would simulate for himself. Now, how's that for being synced with the universe? Pause. No mod pack necessary for this Sims game. Nope. Well, maybe a fashion mod pack. Let's be honest. If anybody looked at me and thought I was fashionably conscious, uh, well, they'd probably be unconscious. Okay, <clears throat> so episode eight. Sometimes I wonder... It, oh, okay. 
Yeah, I had this thought at the end of all the last ones, so uh, do we really have time for this? Okay, why not? Sometimes I wonder if a cursed item has left my life. So much of what feels like it's happened to me is a flip-flop of bumping my head into the ceiling into the ceiling fan. What was I going with there? I don't even know. But I was thinking of that, like how a moth just like bump, bump, bump against the ceiling in the summertime. Well, that kind of felt like what I was doing. And not against some sort of imposed glass ceiling that I was trying to break through for the good of the white male American. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, I just... I just... I seem to be capable of making a misstep at the most inconvenient time. And then all of a sudden I wasn't. I didn't consciously chase this change. This change overwhelmed me. As if a curse were lifted. So sometimes I wonder if a cursed item left my life. You know, like maybe I had a, a driver that I didn't know about that I sold on eBay that had been cursing my life for 20 years. I don't know. Maybe. It's possible. But <clears throat> moving on. Episode 8 is called What's Truly Wrong With Me. Episode 8 is only 5 minutes and 9 seconds long. Episode 8, I judge myself on these categories. I always pick four categories before listening to the episode, just based on the title. So with the title What's Truly Wrong With Me, I went with, well, I always, and I always have the grade of fuck, which is, Forgiveness, understanding, and kindness. So, my fuck grade was an A+. This one's about Lily. So, of course it was. My redundancy uh, grade was an A-. I was not redundant here at all. I don't think. But I gave myself an A- because I'm always a little redundant. Um, on pointedness, I gave myself an A, which is shocking. But I really only talk about one thing, so it's pretty easy to stay on point. My stoniness is a B-, meaning... My stoniness was not overwhelmingly inappropriate or appropriate. I don't know that I should have been stoned to talk about this material. Because this day, uh, back in the year of the hybrid marijuana, I got a message from Lily. And I hadn't heard from Lily for, well, 31 days. And uh, the last time I had heard from Lily, I had kicked her off my property. So, needless to say, I was a little concerned that whenever you kick Lily out, you got to be a little concerned that she's going to go either A, jump off a bridge, or B, immediately run into some situation that puts her in jail. And with both of those concerns intact, not hearing from her for 30 days, having to check the hospitals, the morgues, the jails, not finding her, well, you do start to wonder what the fuck happened to her. So, when I got this message that she was around... It always is, it's, it eases my mind. Now, that may be a little bit overbearing on my part to have that kind of opinion. But what can I say? At this point, of course, I have that opinion. At this point, we're friends, reluctantly. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, I'd heard from Lily. That was good news. And um, <clears throat> her presence in my life is cosmically assigned. I'm, I'm convinced of it, especially the fact that she can read my mind. That part spooks me, and fuck it. I just go with it. Um, <clears throat> I fear she could be my guardian angel. Yeah, I still fear that. She just seems like exactly the guardian angel I would have. So, yeah. Uh, Lily created the opportunity to stop the shenanigans 
she's the because she's the personification of shenanigan. Lily showed me what even a little bit of shade in the universe does in cyclical energy to reverberate into becoming your own stumble or hurdle to have to overcome. Lily is a master of creating that energy, but I was an unknowing semi-pro at it. Watching Lily's cycles of misdirection made me realize just exactly how capable of the same cycles of misdirection I had been. So again, when I think back about the influence of Lily in my life, Lily taught me a whole shitload about getting to this point of calm serenity with my existence because she is the opposite of that. And I I hate to say it, but if you're somebody who studies people kind of for a hobby or a goddamn compulsion, to have a delusional schizophrenic walk in your back door ready to be friend you as much as that's possible in what is a semi-social yet truly clinical situation for me because who gets to know a delusional schizophrenic in life when does that happen and it happened to me at a point in time when I thought I might be crazy I thought I might literally be the kind of dog that might need to be put down. And that's too structured and way too harsh of the way I thought about myself. But I could see my candidacy for that position in a society that is built the way this one is. I just didn't think I had a way to navigate myself in in any way that didn't blow up. And all of a sudden I saw this person who not only took that to the nth degree, but proved to me that I wasn't crazy. Ah. So, her shenanigans are legendary. She killed my fucking dog. So, you know, what are you going to do? When you can forgive somebody who's murdered your dog, you've changed... Your universe is a new universe. So the lessons Lily has taught me in life haven't been easy. I don't want to go through them again. In fact, having Lily not in my life has been very nice. But I'm never going to boot Lily out of my life. I can, if nothing else, make sure that Lily has someone in the world that doesn't want to hurt her. Or make her day worse. Or tell her that she's the problem. Now there will be days when I'll do all three of those to her. But I won't do it to her regularly. Nor will she know that that's something that I think is true of her. It just... With some of the bullshit she can pull... Can't always be easy on her. But kindness toward Lily changed my life. And forgiveness of Lily changed what I thought is possible in this universe. And understanding Lily has made me appreciate what's truly a value inside of me. Her entry into this process feels mandatory. Like the process of me realizing a purposeful life. I think Lily was 
cosmically assigned to enter my life. Now, this could all just be delusional. She is probably like, well, nope, I'd say she's 90% guaranteed to disagree with everything I just said. That I would have been able to have this influence from her. In fact, she would deny that any of this stuff even happened. And I guess that's the ultimate frustration of trying to befriend her is how little coherence she has from episode to episode. You can't build a relationship, even just a a, a time-driven friendship across years, if somebody can't remember what six years ago was like at all and will deny any recreation of it that they come to hear. So... With that in mind, I should have known that Lily wasn't the co-pilot necessary to make this go forward. Somehow I thought she was. But she isn't. In fact, she definitely isn't. And I believe that some of my first pausing stalls were because I wanted to somehow get Lily involved and wasn't being, and wasn't able to figure out how. And until I realized that that was no longer an option, I really couldn't find my own voice again. So, When I talk about Lily in the early episodes, I can definitely hear that I want her to join the show. That is well past uh, the state of mind I'm in. Lily can be on the show at any time. In fact, I will force her on the show at certain times. But she does not belong on the show regularly. In fact, she doesn't belong in my life regularly. She just belongs in my life in the capacity that she's always got somebody here to say, it's okay, we'll work it out. How much the world can be unkind to those who cannot help themselves? It's a cruel world to those who deserve it the least. Or does she deserve it the most? Lily's tough. I can see why the world wants her to get the fuck in the goddamn nuthouse and stay there. But she's really her own worst enemy and I think has been conditioned into a position of self-loathing that regardless of whether it's mental illness or social influence, it's not her fault. She's the one person in the world I feel the sorriest for. Because she has the hardest life, it's all self-imposed, and it really isn't her fault. She is what she is. We just don't have a place to put her to allow her to not feel caustic to the rest of us, so lock her up. Well, they can't hold her for long because she never really does anything wrong. So I'm sure we'll see her soon enough. And I definitely look forward to having the episode with Brisa and Lily together. That one will be a ball buster. Yeah! All right, well, that's episode eight. I'm going to take a break here and do, uh, you know, some recharging of the batteries. Episode nine is called That's How Good the Weed Is. Oh, you know what? Nah, fuck it. Let's go get high. I'll be back. Pause. All right. Going all green on this one, so yummy. On to the next one. That's how good the weed is. All right, for the grades, went in with stoniness. This one gets an A+, obviously. Depth, an A-. minus. I think I did a pretty good job covering depth of topic matter here. Facial grossness went from an A- to a B+, to a B, so it landed on a B. 
as did all three of the FUK grades. Forgiveness, under, understanding, and kindness all ended with a B. So, fuck it. It's a B. Um, and this is... Uh, this is me knowing I had to approach the fact that I smoke weed all the time. Hadn't really said it, but had to declare it at some point. So, in episode 9, this is all about weed. Um, I say right off the bat, I'm not sure how far I would have gotten in life without weed. Weed was there for me when I was at my most depressed. Now, a lot of people will say, yeah, but weed contributes to you getting into a state of mind that is depressing. I don't know if I agree with that, but I can understand the argument, so whatever. Uh, if that's the counter science you want to go with, fine. Let's measure it up, though. Let's at least have some actual case study examples that we can rely on instead of just my personal anecdote. So in my personal anecdote, a day without weed was a day that was worse than a day with it. How else can I actually uh, uh, sum it up any more succinctly? I can't. Then I go through the whole process of what it's like to take a dab. You can find that online. You don't need to listen to anything that I have to say. Then I talk about justifying how weed is in my life pervasively. Weed helps me relook at connections that I left untied. Yes, absolutely. The rhythm in life can be a hard thing to get the meta picture of. Weed helps me see that. Yes, absolutely. Marijuana offers clarity, minimizes distortion. Yes, absolutely. After a long road of obfuscation, I finally have a relationship with weed that I consider perfect. Yes, absolutely. And it gets more perfect. I don't need less long trouble. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay, I don't know why I said that. That's dumb. Um, in fact, coming off this episode, the one thing I wrote down that I have to follow up on is edible, um, edible marijuana uh, potential. It's That's a 2023. If this wasn't the year of Blue Dream and was instead that silly number that we use... But in the year of Blue Dream, we'll be learning more about Blue Dream edibles instead of just Blue Dream flour and concentrates. But the shit's perfect, so I just don't need it to change. So if it stays exactly where it is right now, it's perfect. Why fuck with perfection? Because my health might demand it. Being high makes you distracted. Okay, yes, that's true. You can hear it in my recordings. I lose my train of thought all the time. But it's because I'm pinballing into a train of thought that I know is tangential, so it's not really truly relevant. And then I lose where the pinball was, and all of a sudden it's going down the plunger drain. And then I have to recover by going back, getting quarters, putting them in, starting a new game, firing the ball up, letting it hit that bumper again so I can go, oh yeah, that's what I was talking about when I hit that bumper last time. And how annoying is that? Fucking really annoying. I listen to myself. I know how annoying it is. So I'm sorry about that. But I told you not to listen to this in the first place. So overall, I think we can both accept 50% accountability here. But I try not to be that way. But circuitous is my nature, as I've said before, as I will continue to say, and as unfortunately could be put on my headstone. Although, oh, what did oh, I had a perfect headstone idea tonight. Oh, I'm going to have to ask her tomorrow what the fuck it was. I forgot now. Anyway, got a good headstone idea. I'm actually writing that down because that does matter to me. That was funny.
Headstone. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it makes me distracted, obviously. <laughs> Case in point. Edibles, eh, edibles. Yeah, okay, I need to look into edibles. I say I'm a better person with marijuana. Absolutely. I say I could live without it. I just don't want to. Probably. Most likely. I've done it many a time, so yes. But I don't have to live without it, so why would I? I don't want to. I'm respectful of what other people's opinion of the drug is and do my best not to infringe on their sensibilities. What I'm really saying here is to my parents and my employers, I don't go around talking about my weed habit. Although I do let a little bit too much at work. I got to stop that. Marijuana gives my life meaning. It helps make meaningful connections that I otherwise miss. Again, yes. Marijuana might work for everyone. I don't know that it can't. But it really works for me. I think that sums it up. Listen to the episode if you want to know more. Episode 10. We're banging this out. Bang, bang. Oh, this one's fucking long. This one has two pages of notes. This one's an hour and 20 minutes. This one's 80 minutes. 80. Fuck. This one's so long. But the next one is 10 minutes of additional material that I forgot to cover. So really, this is a 90-minute two-parter, where one part is 80 minutes and the other part's 10. And then we have an apology to my mom. That's where we're going. Ready? So I figured with this one, run-onedness would be a grade that I'd want to figure out. Width, depth, and fuck. Believe it or not, run-onedness is a C, because I do run on a bit. But width, depth, and fuck, they're all A's. This one, this one's probably the fairest one. You should skip all first nine and just listen to this one. Because I basically say everything that you need to know from the first nine better. Because it's a review episode of the first nine. So this one's called We Need to Recover From Within. Um, first time I mentioned conspiracy theories, but I just mentioned them. I don't talk about them. But I do talk about how I'm a tactical motherfucker and I don't miss much. In fact, I make a point of missing nothing. And so the Sprouts start was a total clusterfuck, but especially in a new environment, I'm going to notice all the clusterfuckery. And I had done way too much whiny ass material in that first go around. So I checked myself on that improperly. The first part of this is definitely a self check of my own get over yourself bullshit. So that's something I need more often than I'd like. But still, I do it because when I hear it, I know it It matters to have said back to the universe, I realize I was full of shit. I'm sorry for it. I say at one point, being right is irrelevant. Being righteous is what's relevant. Uh, yeah, I used to think I had to be right about everything. I don't give a shit if I'm right anymore. As long as I'm acting righteously, whatever comes, comes. The corporations are garrisoning the resources. Their shenanigans are grossing, are getting more and more gross all the time. Yeah, and if you go to the grocery stores and see what's going on there, you're going to feel even worse. I'm not getting into it, but you can go back and listen to it. I'm my own wave of destruction. It's not accidental, nor is it an unfortunate tripping of circumstance. Yeah. I, I have... 
I have conscious agency, conscious agency over everything I've ever done. I am the fall guy for all of the shenanigans that I tripped over. And I did it plenty of times. The ways that I'm living now create none of that. And what a peaceful twirling around on lilies and tranquil ponds existence it is. I love it. And who helped me get there? Well, enter the camel lionesses, because this is where they show up for the first time, I think. But yeah, I, I drilled down on them pretty severely here. So if you want to listen to that, go listen to it. Um, how do you know when you're having a cosmic collision with yourself? I don't think I knew that at this point, but I know it's happening. I, I address it. I just don't think I know that's what's happening. I ask the question as if I don't have the answer while I'm experiencing the actual phenomenon. So that was interesting to hear. Hearing yourself talk year over year is fascinating. I highly recommend it to anybody who has the patience to do this. I mean, a 140-hour conversation with yourself over the course of a year is arduous work. But the returns now are pretty fucking cool. It's really easy to mistake the powers of a Jedi with the delusions of a dumbass. I'm still not sure which one I am. Am I a deluded dumbass or am I a Jedi Knight? I don't even know if it matters. And chasing down the wrong questions? What if that doesn't matter? Then why are you asking the question? That moment of bang-bang thought has happened a lot more in the last couple of years than it's ever, 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 ever happened in the rest of my life. And I, I, I now believe that I see the universe in cyclical rhythm. Instead of in linear progression, I see the swirly-whirlies, I see the... Um, well, and the camel lionesses are who taught me how to see this. And and the the rhythm of influence that you're... It, it's like... Uh, what are those... Uh, I don't have a good analogy, so I'm not even trying to make one up. Being able to see that we live in cycles and circles of rhythm instead of arrows and vectors of time and, and direction of, of activity has, again, made me an incredibly stable and, and solid figure in a chaotic circumstance. So how would I know if I was crazy? Well, I wouldn't feel this way. I can feel my purpose in life. If that's the raving lunatic mind of a delusional schizophrenic, fine. But the rest of my life is what felt like that. So this, this is the destiny I always wanted, was to feel like I knew what to do next. Now that I do, I have no reason to let go of it. So then how much of the woo-woo universe should be discounted versus embraced? This one was tough for me. The woo-woo universe had to punch me in the face, then it had to bloody my nose, then it had to blow up my lip, my cheek, and my eye before I finally said, okay, I guess you're going to bludgeon me if I don't listen, so I will listen. But that doesn't mean that I pay attention to that and run my life by it. I don't. I am open to messages from the universe from a mystical source that I'm not sure how to connect to, but I know is trying to communicate positive change to me. Fine. Keep telling me things that'll make my life better. I'll keep trying to listen. Why would I not? So that means that all that chasing after religion 
that left me unfulfilled, and I didn't chase after religion. I exposed myself to religions enough to go, eh, that's bullshit, which took less than a day for all of them. But Buddhism clicked. I just unfortunately was in college in the midst of my most hedonistic phase. So it may have clicked, but it would have needed to click and click across my entire life. It wasn't going to do that. So I've never been religious, but now I'm full of spiritual energy. Good for me. The universe gave me that. I didn't earn it. I'll take it. Admitting I'm here only because of my family was long overdue. Yes. My mother, my father, my sister, and her husband are the foundation upon which everything that I am able to do now is built. And I thank them for it. In this episode, I think I finally explained to them some of why I think I couldn't uh, be a more uh, consistent uh, family member myself. Uh, in this recording, I can definitely hear that I've changed for the better, and I know it. That's good to hear. Um, I prove that I have value by being by being immersed in better habits. I prove that I have grown over the course of... No, what am I talking about here? So, having better habits has definitely given my life uh, easier system integration. Like I don't have to, uh, I don't have to deal with schedule, uh, uh, volatility because I don't care when I go to sleep. Oh, that's a terrible. Okay. If I could erase the last minute of conversation, I would, but instead I'm just going to move to the next thought, which says long overdue apology to the nuclear families outlay for on my behalf is again in this one. So there you go. Let's leave it at that. Uh, I train myself to think a way I thought I thought, but I was wrong about the way I thought. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, am I a do-what-you're-told kind of guy? Oh, that's that. That, I'm certainly. That's a good question. I bring that up in this one, and I don't know that I ever answer it. So I'm not going to answer it here because it's a lot more complex answer than I can give right now. Uh, what's a bad dead? We're all glorious. So who makes the call? Oh yeah. What's a bad deed? Um, I've never liked that there are structured legal, uh, ramifications for personal drug use. That to me seems asinine. That's just one of many things that I say, what is a bad deed? Who's making the call and what are the punishments and how is it that all us glorious souls are even subjected to such a system of mind control. Well, I also call physics mind control, so you know me. I could be wrong. There are many notes to self in this one. And, and what I'm hearing myself do that is to find my voice, which is emerging in this one as much as anything, which is why I say skip the first nine, listen to this one. This one's an hour and 20 minutes, so listen to it on double time. Then you're only talking about a 40-minute commitment instead of you'll get 40 minutes condensed, 10th episode, and you can skip the rest of it. And then you can just listen to the last one and call it good or listen to none of it. There's a whole lot of drug talky-talky in this one, and I really drill down meth. So if that bothers you, don't listen to it. Uh, I knock, knock the grandiose out of myself multiple times. Good for me. I re-argue for the three days on, four days off work week. Yeah, 
I'd re-argue for the three, two days on, five days off work week if I could, but 3-4 is still the only thing I can seem to justify. There are a lot of people not to like these days, I say. Yes, there are. If you make the 867-5309 Earth trip, then you should do shrooms while you're here. <laughs> yes, you should. I am constantly looking at as much detail as I possibly can. Unfortunately, I don't think I can do any other routine of life. That's just how I'm built. I say in this that I only want to do mushrooms one more time and not alone, and that I am hoping to stumble into some acid so I can do that one more time. Since then, I've taken mushrooms by myself four times and acid by myself twice. Now, I think the next time I take either one of those drugs is going to be with somebody, but it could also be in a sensory deprivation tank, so... You never know where I'm going to be taking drugs. But it won't be at work, at least not those kinds of drugs. Um, and it won't be in jail, because what would I be doing in jail getting drugs? All I'm trying to do is communicate with precision. Am I doing so right now? No. So I'm not doing what is all I'm trying to do. In other words, I'm doing something else. So if that's all I'm trying to do, then what am I doing? Getting high. All right, complexity is the shroud of the deceptive. Yeah, that was the perfect time for that comment. Um, it is. And what's funny is that you start with one lie. So now you have this one little complexity to deal with. Then you got to cover up something else about that lie. So now you got this double complexity. And then you started another lie because, you, yeah, whatever. Complexity exists because it necessitates the obfuscation of truth. Truth exists. Because it's what fucking happened. It's what's true. It can't be penetrated, morphed, or changed. So obfuscation is definitely a tool for the deceptive. And if you feel as though you're being shrouded with deception, you are. Get out. Because you can't scheme the universe. The universe will scheme you back. The universe schemed me back. Deservedly. But once I came back to even with the universe, well, it's now all positive karma on my side. So the momentum I'm building is like downhill snowballs. Uh, yeah, that's the reference we use here in Colorado because, you know, fuck, there's still ice on the goddamn ground. Are we asking for a fractured reality? I'm going to circle that one too. After which I say... I think we are, and what the solution is, is to recover from within. I offhandedly end the episode that way. I think it deserves a little more uh, drill down, so we'll get back to those thoughts. All right, one more bong hit, and we can get through these next two. And we're only at 39 minutes right now, so we can have this done before the hour is up. Like I said, everybody go get a drink of water. In fact, hold on, hold on, before I go there... We should get to episode 11, because it's just the tack-on shit when I listen to episode 10 that I'm like, oh, I didn't say this shit that I meant to say. So this one's called It's Late, This Should Stop. It's 10 minutes and 23 seconds. I gave myself these grades. Anger, confidence, items apologized for, and fuck. My fuck grades were B+, B-B, minus B in that order. Items apologized for was a D+. I had to do a whole lot of apologizing here. My confidence is a C-, because I'm doing a whole lot of apologizing. How confident can I be? My anger is an A+. I didn't feel angry in this episode at all. So, um, 
The first one is I thought I was going to get some feedback because I have given two friends the first ten recordings uh, because at this point I was just talking into a microphone having no idea what I was doing and coming up with results that I had no idea what they were. So I wanted some feedback. Well, nobody ever gave me any feedback. In fact, I've never gotten any feedback except for from the occasional listener who gives me feedback on a specific episode. But other than that, it's pretty much just me figuring shit out. Uh, so I also am talking about how I don't think my mom is listening, but she probably is listening. And so in the next episode, I probably need to say some things to my mom, which spoiler alert, that's what I do. All right, so then I also have my first instance of I've always known two things here. And those two things are that I need to share my story and that I need to take it on the road. And that is wisdom straight from the camel lionesses. As a matter of fact, that's all they used to say to me at the end. Why are you taking so long? Why aren't you saying what you need to say? And why aren't you spreading the word? Because you sound like a bunch of religious nuts, and this is a dream, so what the fuck, you think I'm going to get up and just start harmonizing? No. And that's another thing that I talk about in this one. How the metronome reference is a harmonizing of the shimmering. I haven't spoken about the shimmer, I don't think, since this episode. I haven't had a dream about the shimmer. Wow, how long has it been? A long time. The shimmer dreams used to be some of my favorite dreams, because you can ride the shimmer. Whenever I was having a shimmer dream, it was like I was a ball of light riding a, uh, a flexible uh, uh, little mirrored segmented uh, sail. So what I'm trying to get you to picture is if you can picture some enormous uh, flowing, waving uh, fabric in, in a gentle wind that is just covered uh, without gap in mirror pieces. So when it moves around, it just like glimmers shimmering light. Well, you could ride this thing in these dreams as a ball of light. You would just get on the shimmer and just sail with it, whichever direction you wanted to go. And you could sail whatever direction you wanted because it was infinite all directions. And I used to have this dream I don't know, like regularly enough that when I would wake up with the memory of one, it would all, it was always so, huh, I don't know. They were just such almost trippy dreams because whatever it was, it was just exhilaration. It was the feeling of pure exhilaration. So I know that as our metronomes harmonize collectively, both internally as individuals and as individuals collectively in communities, that something we're doing is creating that shimmer. I just don't know why. But that element, I think, is the universe at its absolute most realized. Which clearly we're not there right now. Okay. There's one more to go. Should I just finish this out? Yeah. Because then I can just go get fucking high as a kite and go to sleep. So the last one's called You Can Count On Me, Mom. My grades here are in crying, uh, pet love, nonsense, and fuck. Fuck is a BBB. Crying is an A, because I definitely cry. Pet love is a B+, because there's 
definite pet love, and nonsense. I gave myself an A because I don't think there's much nonsense in this one. In fact, there's two things I tackle here. And I don't tackle the first one very well. And I don't want to tackle the first one very well here either. But I will tackle the first one very well. As a matter of fact, with somebody. That's a conversation I need to have with somebody. I need to explain to somebody the two blackout episodes I had at Kroger. That got me medical leave and eventually fired. I don't really understand them now. But they certainly have influenced my life. Um, and I've had other blackout episodes that were all drug or alcohol related, but I've never had any that weren't until this. Um, I also talk about how I only worked for 11 months over the course of three years. That gave me a lot of time to think about shit. Um, it was during the time that I had the blackout episodes that Lily told me she killed my dog. Um, I almost killed Lily when she told me that. I've never told that part of the story. I'll tell that part of the story someday, but it's a brutal part of the story. And I don't really want to talk about it. Not that I beat Lily up or anything like that. Brutal, meaning it is as bald-faced a moment of reckoning that the universe has ever served me up. And I handled it in a way that changed me forever. For the better. But it's a dark story that I don't want to tell. Not until probably I have Lily in the room with me. But not having killed Lily, Lily's in jail now. So we won't be talking to Lily anytime soon. Um, coming back from these collapses has been, has created purpose through my, throughout my life. Yes. And I don't know if that was a collapse. I think that was a test. I think that was the ultimate test of how forgiving I could be. Forgiving somebody for murdering your dog is tough. But it's what I did in the true face of how am I going to be? Am I going to be filled with vengeance? Anger? And the desire to cause pain to somebody who's caused me this kind of pain? Well, I sure was at first. But once I recognized the culmination of what was happening, I couldn't look at myself I was more despicable than her in the moment. And I knew it. So I forgave her immediately. And I've never looked back from that moment. I still miss Milhouse to this day. He was an awesome ball dog. Best I ever had in terms of acrobatics. He could do things in the backyard that would make your head spin. And he was the same age as Phoebe. So... I miss him. But I've had a lot of good time with Phoebe. And he was kind of a... He pushed her around a little bit. And that's part of why Lily murdered him. But whatever. So, getting through all that, I then decide to apologize to my mom, which is a tear-felt, heartfelt tear-jerker for me. So I'm not even going to go through it again. If you want to hear it, go listen to episode 12. And I'll talk more about Lily and all that stuff, but I always feel like Lily should be here. If she's going to be spoken about, she should be here present to defend herself or at least tell her side of the story. Even if it's delusional in the moment, I feel like she is owed that space in which to be respected. So. And if I can forgive Lily for killing Milhouse, well, what can't I forgive? <laughs> 
This universe is a tough place. We're all doing our best. Even Lily. Even in jail. Even in the Bam Bam suit. If I know Lily, they've got her in the Bam Bam suit.